hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Bikes Talking Tech, episode 247. I'm reliably informed now. <laughs> it was uh, going to be 246 all over again. It was going to be 246 all over again. It couldn't have been as good as 246, though, Stephen, because no, we did have a lot of fun. Yes, we did. And uh, thank you. Stephen Fennick joins me here in the EFTM studio. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. My name's Trevor Long from EFTM. You can find us both on Twitter, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick with a PH and... Um, for a bit of fun, we're also live on Periscope here. Yes, so, so hello, hello to our 12 people who are watching us. It's yeah, massive what are 19, mate. You 19, wow. You know, That's share the love, people. Hit share and, you know, get more people. And also, <laughs> it's absolutely required that if you're a subscriber and watching now on Periscope, you must still download the show because that would of be course. bad for our metrics, <laughs> you know, and we wouldn't want That's that. That's right. We have a lot to talk about this week and uh, why waste time? Let's get cracking. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, I think the story of the week, even though there are a couple of big, big stories, is Kogan. Ruslan Kogan has opened up his dusty, moth-filled wallet. <laughs> I wonder where you were going with that. <laughs> he's not like he's a, you know, he's not renowned a, he's not for a spending ass, cash. <laughs> I think he is a tight ass. Oh, come on. You don't think? Oh, is that how he got his all his... That's why he's... Oh, no, I, I know, but I mean that in the nicest possible way. It's not like he, he overspends, He's right? not wasteful. Correct. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he tweets, treats his beautiful um, girlfriend yeah. very well, uh, but his throws staff a, throws who a get great look party after, at CES as well. Yeah, can we bring those back? Anyway, yeah. Dick Smith. He has bought the Dick Smith brand. Now, they, there was a bit of uproar about a week ago when the receivers, administrators, whatever the heck they're called, put an ad in the financial paper saying, you know, assets for sale kind of thing. Even though they've closed the shops, closed the sold the stock, um, staff are all exiting the business. The brand still exists. Um, the website still exists. The customer database still exists. So there's this intellectual property around the Dick Smith brand that they're now trying to sell. So there's a bit of uproar about that because people thought they were selling, you know, names and phone numbers of people. And that was not a good look. But in the end, I think people were assuming this was an a la carte menu of things. You could buy the domain name, someone else could buy the brand and someone else could buy the customer database. Yep. That's not at all the case. The case was always that, as is the case with, as someone said to me this week, it might have been Rizlan himself actually, when... Facebook buys WhatsApp, they, they also buy the customers. That, that's, yeah. that's what you buy. They buy everything. That's right. So yeah. Rosalind Kogan now owns Dick Smith as of you know June 30 or something Dot like com. that. .com.au. And the Dick Smith name, brand. The brand. And um, that's an interesting one for me. And I had this conversation with him last night on Your Tech Life. If, if the brand is dead, so the shops are closed, are people still going to the website? So is there actually any mm. value in having the website? My personal feeling, and, and obviously he didn't totally agree with this, but my feeling is that what this is is a very strategic way of growing, not just incrementally, because Kogan's still growing, but not just growing incrementally, but radically growing Kogan online sales yep. by giving people a, a reputable brand to buy from. Now, Absolutely. Kogan is not a, a, a brand of disrepute, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good brand. Yeah. People, people do buy- Value brand. 
They repeat buy. They yep. they have loyal customers. Like any other brand, they have disappointed customers and upset yep. customers. Like any other brand. But we should be clear though that he does put his name on the products. So it's a product he sources yep. from somewhere, and the Kogan name is on it. Private so label. Rather, rather than you paying thousands more for a, a more recognised brand. Yep. That's his. That's his and those sort of things that have another brand, Apple, Samsung, they're all grey yep. imports, right? Yeah. So my feeling is this, and you might have experienced this. Someone rings me on the radio and says, what TV should I buy? Yeah. And they say, I've got $300 and I want a 50-inch TV. Mm-hmm. I say, your only option is Kogan. And they yeah. go, huh. Because they don't I, know what I it is. I get similar calls, but I get people saying, I want, I want, I'm thinking of buying a Kogan TV. Are they any good? Yeah. Because people recognize the value and they think, well, they think there's a catch. And I say, well, no, they're great. I've tried yeah. it out. Good value. And, but I think there's people who, faced with the choice of going to JB or Harvey's, online or not, Buying an LG, a Samsung, a Hisense, a TCL, or buying a Kogan, they they will they will flock towards the the brands they've at least heard of before, yeah. just through sheer trust, right? Yeah. Well, they 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 want that for <clears throat> comfort. You know, they they're trying to justify spending that kind of money. They want it to be a brand that they know a little bit better. That's probably the psychology behind it. So if Dick Smith starts selling Kogan TVs, and I don't think it will. Oh yes, it will. Oh, no, well, he, isn't he going to operate them, how I understand it, is is he, is he going to operate them as two separate online stores? Yes, absolutely. And he's going to have, he's going to have his normal Kogan site Store, going, yep. going from strength to strength, but he's going to use the learnings from Kogan.com yep. in how he's built his customer base and apply that to DickSmith.com.au. What, what I see happening here is that He's going to allow it having DickSmith.com.au allows him then to have a bit more buying power. Yep. So he's got two sites now. Yep. So he's 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 going to buy stock for not only Dick Smith but Kogan too. So he's got a bit to play with. Yep. But it also gives him the opportunity now to sort of have a bit more of a a more frontal attack now to the Harveys and JBs of the world mm. who have their bricks and mortar stores and do well. Their online stores are kind of secondary to the bricks and mortar. Yep. Dick Smith, I understand, the online sales accounted for only about 8% of sales. So yep. 92% of money spent at Dick Smith was in the store. Totally. Obviously, that's going to change. And how, how, how Kogan's going to approach it is it's now going to give him the opportunity to offer value against the Harveys and JBs and good guys and all these other companies hmm. that have to still manage physical stores and the overheads that go totally. with them. But he will do that by selling any product he can through that. So imagine Dick Smith and Kogan.com yeah. as Harvey Norman and JB Hi-Fi. Now imagine Ruslan Kogan as a manufacturer of a TV, a private mm-hmm. brand Kogan TV. And that will be available in both stores. And yep. he will probably will, especially for launch, create some Dick Smith branded televisions. Well, Dick but Smith still has got D- a brand the, as well. The DSE was never a brand. Well, it was just a load of garbage. It was like a Kogan type but that, adventure, wasn't it? And so I, I, I don't doubt that he may bring back the DSE name, but I think he'll just put Dick Smith on it yep. or for, for a small number of things. But you will find pretty much all the Kogan products there. But here's where it will come unstuck. He will sell Apple iPhones and Samsung Galaxies via his Grey Import Hong Kong operation, which is a smart business operation, but it is confusing for Australians who think they're buying from an Australian retailer. Yeah. Um, and, and he'll come unstuck there, I think. There will be more complaints to him, but he handles complaints really well. Yeah, um, he's got to. But what I think that's where, that's where there'll be some well, concern, I, I think. I see it a little bit like there's Toyota and there's Lexus. Toyota's your bread and butter you know, great cars, affordable family cars. Mm. And then there's Lexus, which is kind of slightly more premium or a lot more premium, <clears throat> offers a, a bit of a different experience to a different yeah. customer. 
that that to that's how I would treat it. How he's got he's got his Kogan.com engine running full throttle, but the DickSmith.com is going to give him a little bit more latitude with more brands, more value, and again competing against other companies that have to run stores, physical stores as well. That's why he's successful with Kogan. That's right. Having his brand at Dick doesn't Smith doesn't have the overheads. That's what's going to happen. He I doesn't think, have. Yeah. Um, he, Dick Smith will be purely electronics as well. Kogan is selling cruises, it's selling uh, yeah, shopping, yeah, it's right. selling yeah, everything. Groceries, right? the whole lot. Yeah. So Dick Smith will be purely electronics. Yeah. He's smart about that. Um, but it will be interesting to see how people receive it. I think. Oh, look, I said uh, to several people this week. Most people. I don't want to break it to you, but plenty of people don't know Dick Smith's gone bust. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, not everyone watches yeah. the news every night. Anyone not everyone who walks past the store knows there's but, the, the liquidation sales and everything. Sure, but yeah. do, does does the average no, Joe know that not. store is it was one of a thousand that have closed probably, down, probably or are they just think the one at Hornsby closed? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So people will search for electronics, see Dick Smith, and they'll click it. He will win the SEO war because he knows Google better than anyone in this country. Yes. Uh, and he will buy. That's what I said. He's going to use his smarts. He's got all these learnings yeah. that now the other companies don't have. That's right. I, I think that he, he's already an adva- at an advantage, even with Kogan.com against those other companies, yeah. let alone now having DickSmith.com.au by his side and taking them on f- 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 you know, full frontal attack here. La- last thing, I I asked Roslyn whether he'd spoken to Dick Smith, and he said he had. He said he wouldn't kiss and tell. Yeah. Um, but Dick Smith was in the he was in the press saying that he was happy that he did it. I got a vibe from Ruslan yeah. that that it was an interesting conversation. Yeah, right. I think Dick Smith should be very proud of Ruslan Kogan. Ruslan Kogan is an Australian yep. who has made himself independently wealthy. He he built something from scratch, mm-hmm. just like Dick Smith did, and he now Absolutely. owns Dick Smith brand. I think if anything, Dick Smith is filthy that. 30, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, he sold his name to Woolworths yeah. and has had no control of and it since. Exactly right. And seen yeah. it go downhill. Let's, uh, just before we wrap up, I just just a couple of things that, that I, I need to sort of clear up for myself. <laughs> the dicksmith.com.au, all he's buying, he's not buying stock, is he? He's only no. buying the no name. Stock. And this, the name, this was the an domain auction. Name. Yeah, so it was an auction for that went over for well, several months. auction or negotiation. Yeah, yeah. He, he was certainly up against Undisclosed other Undisclosed amount. Correct. And so there were other bidders for the online business, yet no one really put their hand up for the, the to revive, to buy the store chain. Oh, no. No one, no one wants so that. That's, it's that's gone. gone. It's gone. There's not going to be a Dick Smith store. There'll okay. only be DickSmith.com.au. And let's be clear. Of the three, let's call it three things. The the, the brand name, the domain name, and the customer the database. Customer base, yeah. The, let's say the brand name's worth a million. The Dick website's worth five hundred thousand. Uh, the customer database is worth ten million because yeah. it's it's a million odd customers Absolutely that he can right. he can engage with. Now every single person on that database has seven days to opt out of it. Yes, they all got an email, or they if they haven't got it now, they will get it to opt out. So yeah. that's fine. I think you're mad if you opt out personally because you don't know what he's going to offer as an opening sale, let alone anything else. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's yeah. uh, it's a very it's actually a very shallow thing. I don't I I'd love to know what it costs because I don't reckon it costs that much. Well, I think yeah, he didn't disclose that amount, uh, but I think the fact that he wanted it is a a savvy business move. Mm. But B, I think it's touching that he said that you know I remember going there as a kid That's buying right. stuff, buying little pictures well, and said, stuff like that. I said to him last night, I said, mate, I, I used to go to the Dick Smith on Banner Avenue in Griffith and buy silly gadgets. I remember buying an FM wireless microphone that you could listen to on your radio. I, you know, built it soldering, put it in my sister's room so I could bugger. It was a bug. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> um, and he said, he said to me, look, I I used to go there all the time. I was a terrible customer because I didn't have any money. I couldn't buy anything. Uh, but I used to go there all the time. So. You know, I genuinely believe he has that respect for the brand, Absolutely and he he right. respects that yeah. this is a thirty forty year old brand, 
And he's a 10-year-old brand, which is amazing in itself for an online company. But now it's, uh, it's going to be something well, much bigger. It's the 21st century. And you know, if, if, you, if you wanted someone to run your online business, Could it's in great hands. It is. Yeah. Well, uh, that story is up at uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Well, the other big news of the week uh, is all around VR, virtual reality. We've been talking about it since CES, uh, even since Mobile World Congress. Mm. And finally, we're hearing that Sony has just announced pricing for the PlayStation VR, which we've both tried, Mm. uh, when it was called Project Morpheus. Uh, And the release date as well, or the release month at least, it is coming out in October. Yep. And it is coming out, going to be priced at the affordable Five hundred and forty-nine ninety-five. I, which I was surprised, mate. Brilliant. I've been talking to Sony for a couple of weeks because we're going to do it on the Today Show tomorrow, and they wouldn't tell me the pricing. Like seriously, not until an mm-hmm. hour before it was released. But yeah. I, I did confirm with them that it was going to be the best in the market in terms of your vibes and all that kind of stuff. Because I didn't want to, you know, have the go on the Today yeah. Show two thousand dollar product. That was just not going <laughs> to happen, right? But when it came out, I rang them and I said, "Listen, am I missing something? That's ridiculous. Like it is more expensive than a PlayStation." Yes, it is. But, at but we, should, we should qualify. You need a PlayStation. You need a PlayStation. Without a PlayStation, it's nothing. And you need the PlayStation the, the camera, camera, which is the 90 move, bucks. The well, move no, you controllers. Don't, you don't have to have them. Well, not you, having them, not having you're going to miss out well, on a well, lot of the games. Well, absolutely. For the yeah. be- but let's be clear. And some, um, I don't mind saying this. The camera's this. worth $90. Yeah. I don't mind saying this. Mark Pesci uh, didn't attack me, but he, he responded to me on Twitter today saying, because I said this is an outstanding or an exciting or a brilliant price. Yep. He said it's not at all great because... You've got to have cameras for this and do. I said, mate, the camera's ninety bucks. Mm-hmm. The move controllers you can get them yeah. from EB Games secondhand for yeah. like ten bucks. 10, 20, but they're sixty dollars mm-hmm. brand new. Yeah, but if you want, you know, used because you yeah. can get those at EB. So it's not an extra investment that's huge. And let me tell you, I've now had experience with setting up a HTC Vive, which mm-hmm. is probably the best um, other you know concept yeah. in market, and setting up PlayStation uh, VR. HTC Vive is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it does require a massive gaming PC, which is well over a thousand dollars of a time. High power. The Vive PC, itself yeah. is fifteen hundred odd dollars, which is yeah nine hundred US. We did a demo on the Today Show. We they needed to have uh, little tripods like the camera tripod that are like two meters high with little laser pointers on them. They had to be strategically uh, mate. It was so a nightmare. Track, so track, yeah. Whereas PlayStation's doing the tracking with a little tiny bloody PlayStation camera. Yeah, it's. Unbelievable in my mind. Mm. Unbelievable what they've been able to achieve with what they've done. It's um it's very interesting. So here's how it works. You've got your PlayStation, and then you plug into that little interim box. It's this little um distribution box basically, and that has two HDMI like plugs in it. And that's where the headset plugs into. Mm-hmm. And then on the on the edge of the headset, there's a little uh, volume, uh, sorry, a little headphone plug, and you get a set of headphones to plug in, and you're you're tethered to your PlayStation. But it's that little box that does the does the work creating the frame rate that gives the thing yeah. its its, so it's, its like real life. Does, hand, does the handshake between the two devices. And, and, and creates the high refresh rate that, yeah. that makes it a really usable device. I hate VR. I'll, I'll be honest. I, <laughs> I can't use Gear VR for more than a minute because it makes me nauseous. I don't like 3D. There's a lot of things really? about it that mess with my head because, as you disbelieve, I get motion sickness. I do. Soft. How soft is he? Jeez, mate. Soft. Jeez, I'm glad one of your kids is in motion sick. Um, so, so this thing has a high refresh rate. Um, yep. The OLED screens on the inside yep. uh, so create, and Mark Pesci, to his credit, then came back. So he, he's a guy who, who claimed to have invented VR with Sega back in the 80s. That's great, but it clearly didn't go very far. And now we've got Bit these ahead products. ahead of its time. 
a little. Um, and now we've got this product that creates, he said to me, about a six foot, 15 inch screen in your in your mind's eye kind of thing, yep. which is bigger than Vive, bigger than Oculus. So it's actually got outperforming there. Um, it is very good quality resolution. It has a high Excellent. frame rate. And, and here's the it's thing. It's HD, isn't it? Not 4K, it's HD. Uh, yeah, it's HD. But, HD. But here's the thing. When you're using it, the big difference for me, I've loved using the VRs for the concept that they are. But essentially, you think of Gear VR and everything as just a smartphone looking around. That's yeah. great. But it doesn't know that you've moved forward and back. PlayStation VR knows you're moving forward and back. PlayStation VR, you can walk around in, yep. a, in, a, in a confined in a space. Game. PlayStation VR, you can use your DualShock controller to, to see your hands. Yep. PlayStation VR, you can use the Move controllers to see independent hands. And we discussed right. before, London Heist was the best example that of that for me. Brilliant. Jeez, the that The fact that you can, you've got these things and you reach into the glove box to grab a, grab a gun. You reach into the glove box to grab ammo. You shoot, shoot, shoot. And you click your wrists together to, to reload. reload. The feeling is sensational. I did this thing the other day where... It's like this kind of, um, I think it's called Blood Rush. It's a kind of clown, um, what do they call it? Haunted House. Rush of thing. Blood, it's called. And you're on this roller coaster. I've got a picture of it on my story on Tech Guide. You're on a roller coaster, and because you've got the move controllers, you look down, and you look down, and you can see your hands sitting on your legs. You move them around. You're moving your hands around. You can see the guns in your hands. So it mm. becomes immersive because you are actually able to see yourself in the virtual world. Absolutely. Well, you, you've got a point of reference to yourself. That's right. I think it's. This is, uh, if, if I had to put, if I had to bet on one to succeed over 100%. the rest, this will be it by a mile because you're talking to gamers who, yep. and you, you, it's okay to have, the, you know, the Gear VR is fun, it's, it's affordable and you put these fun little apps in it and it's okay, but yep. five minutes later you're over it. This, I think, is going to be, it's not only going to, the, the, the device is really cool and works really well, but it's also going to usher in a whole new genre of games. And we're the perfect example of that. It. We're the perfect example. You must be killing yourself for Call of Duty, whatever yeah. number that's oh, coming out next. Anyone, yeah, yeah. If you could sit there, look around. So you think about how with a controller now, you, you use your thumb to look around. Well, you're doing that with your mm. head now. That's That's a whole extra movement gone. Um, you're always still going to strafe, but you'd strafe. Yeah, but you got to, you yeah. But that's the challenge. You, how, how do you move in the game? That's you the thing. I think you still walk with the controller. Yeah. Um, and maybe on the on the on the move controller, you walk back and forward with with the, yeah, with no, the keypad. I, I could handle and from Call but of Duty perspective. Imagine looking around the corner of a building. You go like this. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. No, but I could handle if I was seated with the controller in my hand because you can use the controller without looking at it. Yeah. So you don't need to see it. I could handle playing Call of Duty and being able to look around like behind you and everything. Mm. So that would still work. So you could, I'd be happy just moving around just with the controller. Mm. Although I have seen at CES, you probably saw them too. There were the, there's these rigs that you yeah, get that's where you're actually walking in the, in this like a, this pan. That's never going to happen. You're walking right? around. But um, I, I, what I was saying though is that I think that this is it's like it's like when. Gamers are, are not afraid to try, especially the, the console owners, are not afraid to, to dive into this new technology. No and, and they are absolutely hanging out for this. And at this five, is going to be five fifty. They, they, they can save now. I mean, obviously the pre-orders oh, yeah. are probably sold out already, right? But when it's available in October, they will have enough stock to get store oh, sales right yeah. up to Christmas. At at five fifty, you know, most people will have most of the high end gamers will Early have already Christmas invested present, in the thing. October. Yeah. And and you've got Call of Duty, mate. I can't wait. I don't know if it'll happen in twenty sixteen, but maybe twenty seventeen. Yeah, can you imagine yeah. like a racing game? You're in the cockpit looking around and You'd be brilliant. And see, you can the, see your the hands idea, on the wheel. The idea of um of a of, of driving is to be able to look into the distance. You shouldn't always be just looking at the car in front of you. Yeah. So to be able to look, kind of, it's it it will. Is that what I you're going to do down in Melbourne on the weekend, mate? You're going to be looking in the distance when you're driving. The, yeah, yeah, celebrity race. Good no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, one but, day. So imagine my my Red Bull. Rig, you know, I've got yeah, the seat. I yeah. won't need to set that up on the lounge. I'll put it in here. But here's the thing. 
the games are going to be fantastic. There's going to be 160 of them. More than 160 of them are being developed right now, and a large chunk of those will be available at launch. Yep. Now, I remember talking, uh, having this conversation with a, with a gaming journal who uh, had had played them, had played gaming these journals. really, really uh, visceral sort of games, right? Visceral. Like, you know, like, Good like word haunted, like proper journal. Like proper, you know, like, uh, you know, where they're being stabbed and attacked and stuff like that. And he, he said to me, he said, look, I'm, he's a seasoned game player. Hmm. And he says he's worried that it's going to be too real for some people. Well, here's the thing. I don't want to break to you. I don't think Call of Duty will ever come out of VR. Because it, I believe I believe it is a requirement of the VR games that they have a level of fantasy or fan, fantasism or fan, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. They used a word with me today. I'm not sure if it was on the record, <laughs> to be honest. But they basically said that it had to be not real. So if you're in a really realistic kitchen, like the kitchen, yeah. it had to be a zombie attacking you because that's not real. Your mind needs to know it's not real. Yeah. So I'm not sure Call of Duty. Well, one of the games you were telling, it might have even been Russia Blood. Oh, no, he, he said he was, he was tied up in a chair mm. and there was someone walking around them. That's the kitchen one, isn't it? Oh, I'm not sure what it's called. But mm. he, he said that they, the knife comes down under his throat mm. and, and then tries to kill him or something. Mm. But he said that he goes, I'm me, and this is a guy who plays games for a living, okay? Mm. He was terrified. Mm. Now, what's, what's some 48 year old bloke who loves a game going to do if they've got, if this is too real for him? I think that, that that's, that's seriously something people are going to have to consider yeah. when the games come out because they're going to be, and I hear what you're saying about that it's got to have some kind of uh, fantastic element to it so you know yep. it's not 100% real. Yeah. But. It is going to be real enough for some people yeah. to, to cause them distress. Like, yeah. there's going to have to come with. It's like when you go on a roller coaster. You know, this is if you've got a heart problem, if you've got this, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. go on it. This is going to have that too. Yeah, yeah, mate. The the last thing I'll say is the playroom game. If you look it up on YouTube, it's unbelievable. It's um, it's a cartoonish game, and it's, it's free it's, too. It comes with it, and and it's great because you can involve more people. So only one person wearing the headset, and others can be like walking you, like they're in control. So yeah. it looks like a really fun experience. I. I Absolutely, I'm all in on it. I do believe. I think HTC Vive is great. I'm sure Oculus is great, but I don't believe they have any potential in the mass market. Any, because you need yeah, to buy. So they're too expensive. Well, at the moment, like they're com- too expensive. But it's like computers. Which computer do you yeah, plug exactly it into? Right. People think it'll work on theirs. They get it home and it doesn't because it's yeah, not a whatever CPU. Yeah. I, I wrote something a couple of weeks ago about how VR is great, but it's not going to be cheap. But when the yeah. Vive price came out, the yeah. Holo, HoloLens is a slightly different That's proposition. A different concept, That's yeah. a standalone computer and the whole bit, but still not a cheap device. Mm. I think the Vive you said was like fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. It's um, the, the, that's why this has got a great chance of succeeding because one in two homes in Australia has a console, the, and a and, third and, well, of those have the la- the latest console. The Tel site data record they reckon yeah. there's a, there's just uh, just under a million PlayStation fours, yeah. so that's the la- that's this one in Australian homes. Mm. Oh, that's staggering. I staggering. Think, uh, you're going to see. A solid Christmas, I think, for this device. All the details, photos of the PlayStation VR are at uh, eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Are they still listening to us on Periscope? There's a couple. There's a couple. Have we bored them all already? I think or? we may have bored. No, there's still about um, 17 uh, yeah, people there. That's not there. bad. That's not uh, bad. We've had a couple. Hey, Jason. Hi, Scott. There's a lot of people around. It's good to it's have like you. It's like Romper Room, and I see Jason, I and see. I see Scott, <laughs> I see Trevor, and I see Rob. Hi, Is that like Chris. that? Hi, Dan. <laughs> what was her name? What was her name? Um, Miss Helena. Miss Helena. I've, I've got Miss Helena's number. Because we. <laughs> we call, <laughs> 
Context, people, context. Because we, when I was producing the Continuous Call team, we, we had the yeah. same conversation. You know, Broman would be going, hi, I see you, Ray. <laughs> and so I found her. I tracked her down and we got her on the show. It was uh, hilarious. Is she still with us? She's still with us. Okay. Yeah. Maybe she could be, well, technically it won't be sort of breaching the two blokes no. thing. It'll be two blokes and Miss Helena. I'm not sure she's a big fan of the whole Womper Room <laughs> Maybe not. Thing. How many Anymore, people though. have come over and said, yeah. oh, I see you. Yeah, and she yeah, said, yeah. yeah, great, mate. That's original. Yeah, that'd be like going to Mr. Squealing saying, upside down, upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be brown bread, though. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Apple uh, have, yep. have confirmed uh, the widely held rumours. Now, let's be clear. The rumours going back some time had this event pegged for this week, the 15th. Um, and then I, I don't they, know... Corrected about a month ago. I don't know whether it's because of the FBI thing or whether that, those rumours were just wrong. But, you know, I think Cara Swisher and co got, got better info and they, they, they pegged it for the 21st and it absolutely is on the 21st in, in well, Cupertino. 22nd here. 22nd Australian yeah. time. So about 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Australian time next Tuesday morning, uh, 10 a.m. in Cupertino. Now, Cupertino means small event. We, we, we've been to some of these events mm-hmm. and you've got your big San Francisco, Mark, yep. Moscone and Yerba Buena, whatever the hell it's called. Yerba Buena. Whatever. And it There's was uh, the big last events. time was at the... Uh, the what was the, the the event for the Apple the the iPhone 6S? No, no, it was the Flint Center for the, the Flint Watch. Flint Center for the Watch. But it was the Billy Graham Auditorium. Billy Graham. And then yeah. there's been, you know, the small... And that was the biggest auditorium they ever used. The California Theater in San Jose was a smaller event Correct, for the iPad yeah. Mini. So That's right. That, that, it does depend... So I think yeah. this is a small event it because... It is tiny because it's, it's in the town hall of Cupertino. Because That's why there's uh, not many people can They don't want to make uh, a big deal about something that's not, um, you know, top of the run in terms of their product cycle, right? Yeah. So anyway, we know when it is. We we know broadly what it is, and the rumours are always pretty spot on. Um, I I expect new iPads, nine point seven inch iPads, probably a new look to them. To be honest, I, I think they do need to refresh the look, maybe because the iPad Pro has a slightly different look. I think they can bring that look to the iPad standard size. Yep. But Apple Pencil support is the number Screen. one thing that it needs Absolutely, to have. Absolutely. Yeah. So it has to have it. That, that's a critical thing because the pencil can get more more traction, and I think at a at a cheaper iPad. And then obviously, um, I talked on, on EFTM about. They'll, they'll. I think they'll address the FBI thing. I think he'll, he'll you know touch what? on it. I, I don't think, think he'll he will. touch on it. I don't think he will because it's the next day. He's got something. I think it's the very next day where. But you think about how important <coughs> it was for him to do that ABC News interview. Yeah, I think it's important for him to get a to I, get a headline. I just don't. I, but like, do you think that takes away from the possibly? My then? my opinion. My opinion is they never cross. They never cross paths like that. I think it's it's all about the product. Okay. Yep. It's sort of all about the device. Um, but possibly they could do it. I thought I thought they'd lead out with iPhone success sales updates. The yep. Apple watches are the best in the world, and everything else. I is think going they'll great. do. A, I think there was software update. There could be a watch OS update, and yep. I think um, more accessories for the watch. Critically, More though, bands, yeah. the number one thing will be a new iPhone, but not the iPhone 7. This will no. be – so let's let's remind people here. Right now, you can go to an Apple store online or in a store and buy an iPhone 6S Plus, an iPhone 6S, or an iPhone 5S. That's still available around 800 bucks. That thing's old now. It's two and a half years old. It needs to. It's it only ne- got eight gig of memory. It's not. It's not or sixteen gig. It's it not, doesn't have the newest processor. The processor is two, two and a half years old as well. So yeah. it's aged and performance-wise, it can't keep up. But it but, is good but for, for them. A lot of people. It's still okay. And and it's because of the size. Two reasons: size. Some people prefer that size. Size and price sometimes matters. In this case, in this case. Some people don't think it matters, and, and I like prefer a, it small. They like <laughs> they like a smaller case, a smaller case, a smaller screen. 
<laughs> just to be clear, we're talking about the display size. It'll be four inches, all right? Four inch mm-hmm. display. Mm-hmm. Whereas the 6S has a five and a half Standing inch. Standing up a line sideways. <laughs> the, um, so we're talking about a smaller iPhone that, that fits into the iPhone. So the 5S drops off the websites, but not for sale anymore. And this one fits in as a new iPhone. SE, they they, they yeah. say, I'd love to have it called the 6 Mini, but people point out... 6 Mini. People point out, though, that the reason it won't be that is because you don't want to date it. So this thing yeah. should have a life of two years. So the smaller one has like a two-year life, and the so others have an you're saying it won't life. have a number. Correct. So I, I've heard various things. I've heard it's going to be the 5 SE, just to no. sort of to give it to give it to the customer, right? Mm, to give it that perception. An order to say, okay, well, it's, it's, it's a 5. Okay. It's not as good as the 6. Yeah. So that kind of puts it in sort of the... I the, like that. The, the whole line of succession that. sort of thing. Yeah. Hang on, I'll just get Tim Cook on the line. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no. or, but, yeah, I don't think they've ever had it. They've never had an iPhone without a number. It's always been the original iPhone never had a number. That's right. But, that's, but then again, think about it. The numbers are going to run it. I mean... It, and the other reason, we had the iPhone 3, the iPhone 3G. Yeah. Then we had the 3GS. Yes, yeah. And 3G just happened to be because it was a 3G phone. Yes. And then they just continued it to 4 and so on. Yeah. So so definitely a new iPhone. I think they need to bring it in at the same price point. It needs to be an $800 phone, but I think they'll struggle. Can they do it? Can they do it cheaper? They have to. I know the dollar's not the, the very friendly at the moment. Well, hang on. Stop. I'll stop you right there. Sony... PlayStation VR three ninety nine in the US. You do a calculation, mate. That should be more than five fifty. Yeah, we have got Good the best them. Aussie dollar yep. deal. Michael Ephraim has done some crazy foreign exchange deal to get that thing here at a, mm. at a great price, and I think it's because he, they but know that this includes, is going to be a good market. It includes GST. Yes, the American price doesn't, doesn't. include sales tax. It, it, mate, so we're getting a smashing good. deal That's on that. Pretty good. So, oh, mate. There's no iPhone available other than the 5S yeah. for under a thousand bucks right now. So, mate, they need this is one an opportunity. under a thousand. We've said it before. It's an opportunity for them to to play in a market where they're they're absent, and the reason, and that's the reason why Samsung ha- is number one in the world because yeah. they've got devices at every level, including that that mid range. Like, not not everyone buys the latest iPhone and Samsung phones. No, even though between them. Apple and Samsung have 70% of the Australian yeah, market. you think about the and, number of people the, you see that have... The top end is only a small part of the market. And if Apple play in that middle part, then there's going to be a lot of other companies that are worried, like your Oppos and Huawei's yep. and HTC's and Sony's, even Samsung. All these businesses, Alcatel, they're, they're, they're making good ground in that middle space. Mm. If Apple start decide, well, you know what? We're going to join you. There's going to be a lot of worried people in that in that little sector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For um for people that are tuned into the podcast uh, and that were tuned into the Periscope, the battery's dead. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what so, a great service so, we offer here! So this is that was a that was an exclusive pre-show and yeah. start of show service. So Periscope, we're, we're not on Periscope but anymore. But we've kept them because they now they have to they have to download. Oh yeah, they've got to hear the rest of the show. So they've got to this so point. That, so you actually did it on purpose, wasn't it? Not really. Right? No, I tried anyway. <laughs> Accidentally on purpose. You um, did it. So yes, I, I think they do need to come in at a good price point. It would be disappointing if this was a nine hundred and something dollar phone. Well, my mind exactly. I'm with you. I agree, and I think. Do you remember a couple of years, two or three years back, when we were discussing the iPhone five C, mm. and we were saying, "Oh yeah, it'll be six hundred or seven seven hundred. It was eight hundred and something, and, mm. and way above what we thought." Because um, we suck at predicting prices. And, and at the time, the iPhone five, um, the five S, it was the the cheapest phone was like nine hundred and something, so it was still under a thousand bucks. The five C was only like a hundred and seventy dollars cheaper than than the five S. So. Yeah. They've got an opportunity here, I think, to really win some new customers. Customers that 
let's face it, anyone who any any teenager or any person who says, "Oh, what sort of phone would you like?" You ask any school oh. high school kid, what do they want? And a parent would prefer to buy, even if it is eight ninety or nine hundred, they prefer to buy that than the twelve hundred. Especially if the parents got the same, if they got the same device and keeping the same ecosystem and having all the benefits of family sharing and all those those other yeah. benefits, yeah. then of course they they've got new customers right there. All right, details of uh, what we think is going on. If you want to quote us on that next week to show how wrong we were or right we were, are at our websites eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. Arlo, Arlo, Q has arrived. It's the new addition to the Arlo family. Keeping your family and home safe can be a challenge, but the Arlo Q is designed to be an easy-to-use security addition to any home with a bunch of features that will give you peace of mind. The Arlo Q lets you see and hear in perfect detail. It has brilliant 1080p HD with night vision, so you'll be able to see what's happening clearly regardless of the time of day. And it also features two-way audio control, so you can talk to anyone who's there wherever you are in the world. You don't have to be a security expert to install the Arlo Q camera in your home. All you need is an existing Wi-Fi network and the Arlo app. Arlo Q has free cloud recording, so you can store and review the last seven days of recordings, plus free upgrade options. To learn more, visit arlo.com slash au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So, the, as you said to me before the show, um, the standard release from people like eBay around the time of any new announcement is to tell us you know, how things are going and what phones are worth and where, where to get them. But I find these stats always interesting because... Often you don't get that kind of micro view into companies that have big data and and actually get a, get a sense of it. So we find out that um, last year there were 10 million searches for iPhones, 4 million for Samsung on eBay. It's a very interesting comparison. It shows the, yeah. the power of the Apple brand, especially to people who aren't able to buy and Apple, brand Apple new. Apple tends to hold their value. Product, Apple products tend to hold their value a bit longer. And that's the critical thing here, right? So because of all the sales, they sold 485,000 smartphones last year. And on be- eBay. Because of that data that eBay has on the sales, actual sales, they've developed a little website called How Much Is Your Smartphone Worth? And what you do is you go, it's an Apple, it's a yep. it's 5S, it's in good condition, okay. I've still got the box. And I did that. A, a 2012 uh, iPhone 5 in the box, in good condition, not excellent, but the screen's still good, but yep. it's beaten up. 259 bucks. Can I can I run it through Tech Guide Tradings right the tech now? Guide or, so on on Tech Guide, there's a trading section. I've partnered with a company who who re, re uh, who re, recycles old phones mm-hmm. and, and and on sells older phones. Yep. And that is you got to remember that the price they give you is probably slightly below what you get on eBay because you. But it's remember, a quicker sell, right? Gotta, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no there's no postage. There's the, no risk of there's no also not paying. there's also no guarantee of eBay getting you that price. That's, right. That's just what they think it might be worth, right? So what are we talking? iPhone five. iPhone five. Uh, iPhone five. Five. How, what's the capacity? Sixty four gig. Uh, Thirty two gig. Thirty two gig. Hang on, let me look for it here. I've got the five. I've got the sixty-four gig, sixteen gig. Can't find Just the thirty-two gig. Let's call it sixty-four. All right. And the condition is good, excellent, no, average, not, not excellent. Okay, it's, average, it's good. average, and with the charger and with the box. Yep. Get your offer. How yep. much were you offered? Two. Well, I wasn't offered two fifty-nine. eBay thinks it's they're selling for around two fifty-nine. The offer on Tech Guide Tradings is hundred and eight dollars. And so that's an immediate price, right? So you can go and go, I'm straight just away. Got, that's cash. So if you would decide to accept that, say you say, okay, yeah, sell now, you'll get sent a, a label and you package it up and take it to the post office and post it for free. 
Yep. So free postage, guaranteed money. Once they get the device, yeah, they've got to check it out, confirm it, send you money either in your account, PayPal, however you want. And look, I did this for a few phones. Obviously, I've got a few phones lying around. BlackBerry Bold. Not a, not a new phone. Several years old. Not in a box, just the device yeah. itself. No charger. Still decent price. $148. Yeah. Because you know, there's a lot of people still attached to that physical keyboard. Samsung Galaxy S4. So that's a two-year-old two phone. Yep. No box, no charger, in good condition, 158 bucks. I think it's really interesting. And it's the good thing here is that people it, it should help people s- stop getting ripped off. So if they are going to sell um, publicly on an auction site like that, a listing site, then where do you start the bidding? Well, you don't start at the price they give you. That's stupid. But you, but you say, well, I absolutely want 100 bucks for it. So you, you know where to start. So the Galaxy S4, can mm-hmm. I, we do another comparison well, Let's here? do another one. Uh, what, what condition did you say? Average, good? No, good condition, okay, but excellent. no charger, no box, no so nothing. No, no nothing. So it's got a working battery though? Yep. No charger? No charger. And no box? No Get box. your offer. What did, what did you say yours was? 158. 92. That's, see, that's yeah, – so I, that's would, I would suggest for non-Apple phones and, yeah, and for ones that don't have boxes yeah. and stuff, you probably like – For people now who are um, – and, and Optus, they, they release these plans where you can buy a new phone every 12 months. Yeah. I know, there's, there's, there's little bits and catches to it. But one of, the, one of the ways to do it was to pay out your phone Mm. And then start a new plan, but that, in that in that method, you keep your phone, so you can put it, you can sell it to sort of fund the new right. to fund the new plan because you've got yep. to start a new two year plan. So here's a way for anyone who has maybe just finished a two year contract, say with the S five, and is starting with the S seven. It's a great way to earn a couple of hundred bucks. Yep, very cool. The data is available for you to read the eBay data at eftm.com.au. dot au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, some interesting news coming out of LG. They were at the uh, annual radio event. The, the, did you know that this was on in Paris Radio, every Days, year? Europe. radio Days Europe? It's yeah. like Eurovision. It changes location every year. Ah, right. Why, why, why weren't we there this year? But anyway, can LG... I just, can I give you a little tip? <laughs> I couldn't think of anything more boring in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, LG never thought so. That's why they used this occasion to release the new stylus. I've been to some radio conferences in my life. <laughs> and the last one I went to was uh, full of the annual head- Commercial Radio Australia conference in Melbourne. This yeah. was about five years ago. Okay. And uh, Paul Murray, who's a good mate of mine, was there. He was doing some hosting. And Merrick Watts, who I know were right, and Paul gets on. We, we left at lunchtime and just had a five-hour lunch. It was much more exciting than going <laughs> was to it, a conference. Oh, I got a question. Was it full of people with heads for radio? <laughs> what are you trying to say? Nothing. We left. Just, uh, just, asking, <laughs> just asking. Anyway. But anyway. Radio uh, Days Europe. LG. L- LG unveiled the Stylus Dab Plus smartphone. Now, the fact that they've got a phone with a stylus is one story. It's actually a story. But the itself. second story is the fact that it's the world's first phone with the built-in digital radio. Mm. So you can listen to your radio. And look, you can listen to your radio right now on your phone, but you're using data. Yep. It's streaming. and. The figure is, is it about two meg an hour to, to stream radio? That's it? what Jane Warner from Commercial Radio will tell you. It's more. Let's, I think it's about 10 an hour, isn't it? Nah, is it? Is it as much mate, as that? For a talk radio station, it, it wouldn't be that much. Let's, call, let's split it and call it five. Okay. Four. Wow, you've gone higher. Four, whatever. Right but it's still data. And for people who like to listen to radio, especially AM radio, you yep. know, your older, older listeners who don't have the most data in the world, yep. that impact impacts their allowance. Totally. So with this device... No, no use of data. You've got a digital radio receiver in the phone. Mm. So you're listening to the actual broadcast signal through your phone. And I think this is going to be – it's like Australia loves their radio, as you would know. We, we're a radio listening nation mm. that I think are going to really take to this. 
but not a bad de- device. I should declare an interest. I was deeply involved in the development of digital radio in Australia. 2002, 2003, set up a lot of stuff at 2GB when we were testing it and trialling it. At 2008, I was there to launch it. I was at SBS at the time. I'm a massive fan of digital radio. Absolutely, don't don't discount that right don't now. Work, doesn't work everywhere, though, does it? Let me tell you, this phone would, would have been great on episode one of Two Blokes Talking Tech. <laughs> but now that we are 247, or 246 in the can and 247 about to go in the can, uh, this phone is completely useless. The reason it's a big deal for Commercial Radio Australia is because they have been part of the lobbying to get LG to build this phone. So basically, uh, Commercial Radio Australia and the radio industry have co- co-developed this, probably co-funded partly, mm-hmm. um, to make the phone come to market because they want to be able to go to governments and say, hey, look, there's a, there's a phone with a DAB radio in it. Let me be very clear. So they want to get the DAB coverage wider. They, that's the goal here. They, is it? That's their goal is to get the governments to fund regional development of, of digital radio. Mm-hmm. Um, there will never be a digital radio in a Samsung Galaxy phone. Can there will get, never be a digital radio in an Apple can iPhone. Can you get digital radio out here, mate? If you stand on the roof with one foot in the air. Are you joking? It's not great because right. oh, we're, we're in, mate, we're, you had to, You're in the you had to bring your passport. <laughs> No, it's not bad, but the problem with digital I radio. Call this, I call this drive the toll, the toll yeah. tag wiper, because oh, it just I, I go through. I get a, I got to renew the tag every time because it's I got a forty you know dollar to me forty dollar refresh. You know that happens to me every day. <laughs> just thought I'd add that, mate. Yeah, no, but fine. is that right? So you don't right living in where you live in this palatial area you live here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get digital radio. You, you can not, get digital well. radio, but not perfectly. That's right. So where does it stop? Where's the line? Well, the line is absolutely Penrith and and Glenory and those kind of places. But when you get to this, you know, I'm around Hornsby, um, you, your indoor coverage isn't as great. So there, right. there's, it starts to degrade, right? Mm. Um, so, but forgetting the coverage, oh, geez, what about that? I just knocked a cup. It was empty. Luckily. Oh, right onto the laptop. I think that was full of M&Ms though, rather than being full of drink, though. Was that right? No, no it was definitely full of cordial. looks like a lolly cup. Cordial early. Mate, that's, that's a McDonald's Lego movie cup. Oh, there you go. It's We've got, got a that, lot of um, McDonald's cups here. Yeah. Um, it's the, got that lenticular surface. The, so, uh, Joan Warner at Commercial Radio hates internet streaming um, because it it's, opens up, it changes the, the markets. The markets are not restricted to their Sydney is, is broadcast around the, around the country, around the world. Thing, yeah. But here's the real issue. The real issue is that the rights holders for, for music in this country, APRA, AMCOS, um, are in a massive legal battle with the commercial radio networks because they don't think that Today FM, Triple M should be allowed to stream without paying them more money. And that is why regional radio don't stream anymore because they pooed their pants and didn't want to have to pay Abraham costs. So yeah. the problem here is it's a great thing, but it only works for people in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide yeah. and Perth, and on a trial basis in Darwin and Canberra, not guaranteed to continue past the next year. Mm. Um, and, you know, honestly, data these days is quite affordable. So I don't see many people... People complain about Netflix hitting their data package, but radio, tune-in <laughs> radio is pretty awesome. The, the potential for this is brilliant because a broadcaster can actually link into the app or the, the yep. device and build an app that basically has you listening via digital radio if you're in the metro area and if you're somewhere else, it'll use the, the streaming potentially. So great potential. It's mm. just six there's, years a lot too of, late. there's a lot of developers that are that are looking at build creating apps around this technology as well. So because, you can have the because digital stream. They make money making apps for radio stations. Well, <laughs> there you go. But the device itself, though, is interesting. It actually how looks the, really they've, nice. They've included a stylus with it, so it's kind of like your Note your Note Five. Yeah. It's also got a big screen, again like the Note Five, five point mm. seven inch screen, mm. pretty thin. 
7.4 mil. Pretty light, only 145 grams. You'll be very happy with that. And it's got expandable <laughs> memory, which the the Note 5 does not have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got 16 gig of memory inside. But the display, though, is only 1280 by 720. So it's not full quad HD, super AMOLED mm. resolution. But it, again, it's more a radio rather than a television, this, this phone. So... Although you still be able to watch video on it, good as well. phone, but I don't see it doing uh, wonders for the well, world. No, I, I think it's look, it's the first phone to ever do this. It could I'm a courageous gonna, step, courageous to do step, it. because it may well be the only one ever to do it. Well, I'm I'm keen to try this one. I'm absolutely Very keen, to, keen try to try it try. because I've got a lot of digital radios. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we digress. What are they worth on eBay, mate? Not much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had about six hundred digital radios because I back back in the day. Six hundred. What did you remember, Robert, Billy from did, Sanyo? <laughs> Yes, uh, Billy Crichton. He was a lovely bloke, and he was very supportive of what we were doing at Two GB to Trial Digital Radio. Ah, and so we brought in we brought in like a thousand other things from the UK, little tiny things. They were awesome. Yep. And I don't think we ever got rid of them all. Really? Still we actually ran our own trial. It was very good. Anyway, we digress. Uh, you can find out more information at uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Oof, what a value addition today. I hope you're in, stuck in traffic because we've still got more to come. Um, I was in Amsterdam a few weeks ago after Barcelona. You were in the Gold Coast yesterday for similar purposes. And, and it is intriguing to me how technology has an impact on a lot more than just giving you the internet, right? So what we're talking about here is Huawei partnering or providing the technology in stadiums. So it is Amsterdam Stadium, the home of the Ajax football team. Spelled Ajax, but it's not actually yep. the cleaning product. Um, and you went to Metricon, Metricon Stadium, which is where the Gold Coast Suns are yep. based. So you can now get Wi-Fi in that stadium. It, it's using Huawei technology. You, you can talk about Metricon Stadium in a minute, but let me just talk about the, what I see as being the world here. It's um, it's great that people are able to get internet, but it's interesting that really the small percentage do. So in in Amsterdam, it was 52,000-seat stadium, and they normally get about 13,000 connections per mm-hmm. match, about 8,000 yep. maximum concurrent. So it's about 25 yep. to 30% using it. But what, what matters is not the people who connect to the network. So, you know, go open up their Wi-Fi and go, you know, Metricon Stadium. It's actually the fact that you've got a smartphone. Because if 90% of people have a smartphone, they know you're there. And they can, using a heat map, they can actually see where everyone is. Mm. So it can have huge impact. And I talked in my article on EFTM about how it has an impact on the future smart city. So imagine cities like Sydney having Wi-Fi across the city. Not because we want to have internet, but because then the city... Even um, the police can get involved in uh, actually targeting things that are happening. So if suddenly there's a large mass of people in gate three of a Homebush Stadium or Metricon Stadium, um, and that gate's only got two turnstiles open, well, they can they can dispatch the closest security because they know where they are because they can see where the security guards are yep. as well, um, and they can open more gates. If yep. it's actually an incident, they can help them there. If yep. if they think there's more people on one side of the stadium or walking in the in the forecourt than another, they can dispatch more uh, crowd control. So they can actually utilize the Wi-Fi network to mm. monitor and manage the crowds and the services they provide to the crowd. So they can know which which vendor, you know, the hot chip vendor is actually busy and which one isn't. Yep. Um, you might be able to open the app and say which brush go, which toilets are, are the closest and, <laughs> well, in, in, and, and less it's queues. It's information, yeah. yeah it's absolutely. all information. It's really intriguing well, stuff. What I saw at Metricon, which is uh, they had they had the uh, the boss of the Suns there, Andrew Travis and uh, Huawei Australia Chairman John Lord John both Lord. there. They had all the uh, some players there as well. But the the idea of the of this of this whole the Wi-Fi network, they also had a smart app as well, to uh, the Metricon Stadium app. Yes, that they've launched. It's yep. all it's all about giving the people at the game added value that you can't get at home. The challenge now for 
teams, stadiums, is to get people bums on seats. Get them to the stadium. Give them something that they can only see at the game. Mm. So rather than you sitting at home, you're going to miss out on all this inside information, behind the scenes content, all these things that you can only get at the game. And that's what their goal is, to try to get people to think, yeah, it's worth my time coming to the game. I get all this other information, this great atmosphere, and being able to access things too, like you know, ticket information, uh, where the nearest toilet is, all those mm. sorts of things. And also, getting getting ordering food off the app as well. That's another thing where they can they can try to upsell the people, the fans in the stadium by yeah. offering them a discount for hot chips, a ten percent off if you mention the app or order it through the app. Or if you want to get a drink, here's what's available at this bar. Here's what's available at this bar. Mm. So it's about creating that match day experience that you can't get at home. That's why I think uh, it, it, this is a really positive story. I quite like. I, I'm a big sports fan. This is something I think that uh, is, is step in the right direction to sort of keep that live sport as a great experience uh, it, it, to continue that for for a lot of the fans. And the, uh, the Gold Coast Suns, their first match is coming up on Easter Saturday, which is Saturday week. They're playing Essendon, so a really interesting match there, especially after Essendon's off-field dramas uh, in, in the off-season. So uh, it is a it is a really nice stadium, great view from everywhere, and um, the Metricon Stadium app is obviously free. Mm. And you're you're on Periscope again, aren't you? No, I've, got, I've gone for me. Facebook Live. Okay, Facebook Live. Now. Facebook Jeez, Live. We're crossing every we're social just, we're just network, smashing out the social network stream. But yeah, but anyway, Metricon Stadium, powered by Huawei's uh, Huawei system, that they've got base stations behind. Every it wasn't bay. interesting to actually see the base stations. Yeah. I know it's completely nerdy, but when I was in Amsterdam, we were being taken on tour by the CTO, and I'm like, he's t- talking about all this stuff, and I said, mate, can I just stop you? Can you point the things out to me? Because I want to see them. <laughs> yeah. And so, well, like, like a, white things, I like. Yeah, well, big. in Amsterdam, they had, you know, for the top row, like the the roof, they had 50, like, uh, beams supporting the roof, yeah. and on every single beam, there was three of these things. Wow. And then a lower, oh, it was just unbelievable the Stadium, amount of had, stuff going on. They had 378 uh, base stations. Wi Fi base stations. They did. So they were behind the, the bays of, of each each bay, yep. and then up up in the uh, in the roof structure, they were kind of disguised up in the roof. The roof, uh, yeah, 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 the yeah. roof is uses y- um, yellow coloured beams, yep. and they even match they the cables the so that it doesn't oh, go, yeah, yeah. so that it doesn't stick out. Yeah. All right, excellent stuff. Uh, you can read about uh, the Metricon Stadium launch at uh, techguide.com.au and uh, my story on smart stadiums, smart cities is at eftm.com.au. Are you nervous about being on Facebook? Not at all. Okay, I'm on Facebook good. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's time to uh, – we have the last part of the show and Stephen has failed you. Dear audience. Failed me, yeah. Failed you. Failed you. He's only done one review. So I'm going to jump in here for the first time first in Turbo Talking Tech history. I am going to provide one of the minute reviews, but yeah. I'm going to save Don't you. Don't make a habit of it, though, okay? Well, I was going to say, <laughs> we might have to discuss the terms and conditions of the... Of the yeah. Now that I'm you know, a man of leisure. I mean, a, a, a <laughs> yeah, full, leisure. full time. Yeah. That's right. Um, I, might be able to, I might actually be able to contribute, is what I'm saying. Well, there you um, go. There so you the go. first thing you've got for us is a heavy-duty case. That's right. And these are EFM cases, not EFM. EFTM cases, as you'd love yeah, bring to bring on have. an EFTM case. The okay. EFM cases yes. are available now. Now you think you think about it right. Mm. Investing in the right smartphone cover is really important, especially oh. these are iPhone covers. I should point out. Yeah. So anyone knows you drop an iPhone, and the chances of picking it up with a broken screen are high. So having an EFM uh, case which has this special D thirty 
material inside is it. Is that the stuff that Tech 21 used to use? I think it is, and I think EFM has won the right to use to it use in it. Australia and New Zealand now. Yeah, yeah. So and Tech they 21 are have, have developed their own new one. They have. Mm. And basically what it means is this material, once it detects an impact, the molecules lock together and disperse the Have impact. you still got some of that goo in the hammer? I Remember do, when they yeah. Did that? And it leaked everywhere, yeah. <laughs> I've still got that. Yeah. But uh, no, the, these cases are available for the iPhone 6 and 6S and, and the Pluses as well. And uh, they have uh, the normal the normal case without the cover. And they've also got a wallet case. Yep. And they're available in various colors as well. They're, they're not too bad uh, uh, price-wise either. They're $49.95 for the, armor, the, uh, the Aspen case armor, $59.95 for the wallet case. I used to think there was too many cases on the market. And then I looked at that. Remember the... Um data that came out last week about Alcatel being number three mm-hmm. and looked at the number of smartphones being sold every quarter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you know why there's so many cases on the market. Absolutely. It's like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands every quarter and, being and, sold. And people wonder, why can't I get a case for my uh, LG G4 or yeah, my HTC M9? Because 70% of phones sold in Australia are either Apple or Samsung. Yeah. So, hello, they're going to go for them first. Alcatel is third with 10%. Yeah. And then the rest... The, other, the remaining 10% is everyone else, or 20% is everyone else. Two blokes talking tech. You can read Stephen's full review of those products. The EFM, I mean, I'm going to take them trademark if they keep going with this, uh, at techguy.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And I, Stephen, I don't know if you saw this one, but I actually thought it was a really cool app. It was called Echo Me. Now, free financial advice is not something you get a lot in life. And this thing, when I saw the press release, I thought, seriously, really? So I downloaded it. I logged in using Facebook, which was easy. So it was a very easy registration process. It only took my email address and my name from Facebook, so that's fine. It needed a phone number. No drama with that. And then I logged in and I asked a question. I think I asked something like, you know, because I I wanted to test it, right? So I said, at the end of my fixed-term loan, does it automatically become variable or do I have to fill out paperwork again? Mate, I was writing the review and responses came in from financial advisors or mortgage wow. brokers and things. But after an hour, there was five, four responses to, ran, just to my random question. So they were, you know, mortgage brokers saying, well, here's the situation, da 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 And if you, if you want to get more info, feel free to get in touch with me. And so there's no cost to me asking the question. I actually don't know how it works for them. I'm sure they don't pay to give the response. I think it's just a way of generating leads. Uh-huh. And, and so I might contact one of those people and say, hey, yeah. what about, uh, can you give me more info? And we might sit down and have a, yeah. have a conversation. So oh, I thought it was a really cool app, Echo Me, E-double-C-H-O, uh, free in the App Store, free financial advice, really easy to use, and just ask stupid questions if you want in a whole range of categories. So, Absolutely. Look, it's not my most comprehensive, but let me just say, when we go to the tape... <laughs> it's, not, it's not up to the standard, mate. You want to improve. I'm closest <laughs> to a minute. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll give you that. If we're going to be honest about things, Okay. okay. Two but blokes. I didn't interrupt you, though. That, that, that's what helped you stay to I'm just trying to add value, mate. <laughs> two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. This may be a world record. We have, what, what are we up to? We're at around 55 minutes. It is minutes. midnight now, isn't it? What time is it? <laughs> you, you won't be home till Sunday. <laughs> yeah. You better be careful. You might. You actually oh. should have brought your passport. You might mate, miss the flight tomorrow. Yeah, that, I, I might miss the curfew to get back at the airport. <laughs> the curfew, they'll lock me out. Sydney siders listening <laughs> will think you're a disgrace. Okay, those Why? of us in the those of us in the north northwest yeah. of the city look upon you, eastern suburbs, <laughs> latte sipping, latte you sipping. know, toll road averse. Uh, I don't sip my lattes. I I gulp them 
mm. greedily I yeah. gulped my latte. Anyway, it's been wonderful having you up here. Yeah, it's it? terrific. Do you want me to one day like set up? I mean, we Harry, <laughs> Harry and Jackson share a room now, so we could actually put you up for the night if you wanted. There's a spare room. That's good to know. So good if it know. ever happens, there's there's accommodation available. I might get a two bit, bit too sleepy buys, and I might not be able to drive home so <laughs> yeah. so late at night. Uh, two blokes talking tech episode 247. Thanks to the good people at Arlo. We'll be back again next week after uh, an adventure down to the Formula One and after the, the Apple event. So we'll certainly know um, what those announcements are and we'll bring you those as best we can. And uh, we'll do it all again next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Go, jump onto iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. Yep. That'd be lovely. And uh, tweet us if you want to say good day. Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick. Stephen, I'll see you next week. Yes, you will. See you later. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long.